Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Limitless Estates, where Kyle and Lolita talk to top experts and seasoned passive investors in the business to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family by using real estate as your vehicle. Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. everyone. Before we get into today's interview, I wanted to tell you all about a special event that we are very excited for. For anyone who is interested in learning more about multifamily investing and ways to get started, we are hosting an event on Sunday, May 5th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Long Beach, California. There will be a fantastic lineup of speakers, Kathy Fetke, Kenny Wolf, Jeff Greenberg, and that's just to name a few. We'll have breakout sessions, you'll meet local vendors, lunch will be provided, networking, special giveaways, and much more. The best part is we are offering a 50% discount for all of our listeners. Type in the promo code PODCAST, all lowercase, at checkout and you'll receive this offer. But you need to act fast because we're only giving this discount to the first 20 people. To learn more about this event, please go to www.multifamilymeetup.com la.com backslash la dash meetup. This website will be in our show notes, so don't worry. Sign up and join us for this great event. We hope to see you there. All right, now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host Lolita, also joined by Kyle. On the show with us today, we have Jennifer Katsev. Jennifer, thanks so much for your time today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for being here. Before we get into the interview, here's a little bit about Jennifer. Jennifer is the Director of Marketing at Wilson Investment Properties. She is also the President of Bay Area Commercial and Multifamily Investment Club, which is one of the largest and fastest growing real estate investment clubs in the Bay Area, hosting high caliber speakers like the Chief Economist of Fannie Mae. Jennifer is also a number one Amazon bestselling author in The One Thing That Changed Everything. So very impressive. I'm looking forward to this interview. Jennifer, could you please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do? Sure. So I currently work at Wilson Investment Properties, which is a commercial and multifamily syndicator. We basically raise money from investors in the Bay Area, where there's a lot of equity, and purchase properties all around the nation. And um, as director of marketing for the company, one of the things that I thought about was rather than going out there to find investors, how do I get interested people to come to me? And so that's how the Bay Area Commercial Multifamily was formed. Awesome. Great. Perfect. So you have a very awesome story and you started out as a temporary admin at Wilson Investment Properties. And now you are a best-selling author. You're the president of the Baycom uh, meetup. Can you tell us your story and how you got there? Yes. So... I should start back to when I graduated from college, which was not too long ago for me. I was a fine art major and I wanted to be a painter. And that was my life dream. And out of art school, it was very hard for me to find a job. And I did not want to work for commercial art type companies. And so instead, I ended up doing multi-level sales for two years. 
And during those two years, I learned how to sell, handle rejection, hire, build a team, train, replace myself, and eventually manage a team of 15 full-time W-2 employees. And one of the things that they uh, tell you about multi-level sales is the higher up you get, the more time and financial freedom you get. When in fact, that was not the case in reality. I had less time because I was hiring and training and still selling in the field. There was really high turnover. And it was not lucrative at all either. So I quit the multi-level sales company. And at that time I got relocated to Phoenix and I met a art dealer who had retired off of Wall Street. He, he made his career in taking companies public. He had a big art collection. And he said, you have an art background. You can sell, you can start a business from scratch. Why don't we partner together and turn my art collecting into an auctioneer? So we moved to Beverly Hills and we started an online art auctioneer, initially auctioning his own inventory and then eventually taking consignments. And that's where I learned to buy paintings undervalued at estate sales and auctions, restore them or just directly flip them on our platform at a profit. And the paintings that we were dealing with were in the 25000 up to $50,000 price range. So I was already working with investors and talking to high net worth people and learning the flipping business. So when I saw an Instagram ad with Robert Kiyosaki's face on it saying something along the lines of make a ton of money with no money down in real estate and attend this free seminar, I went and I ended up doing the 40K seminar on credit cards that I did not have until that weekend. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I went into a lot of debt and I ended up spending another 20K in education that same year on another program because I wasn't getting enough mentorship and I had the guy fly out and show me how to wholesale my local market and everything. So my first year, which was my 0% APR period on those credit cards, I did not do a deal. However, I was knocking on doors, I was sending out thousands of letters, and I found myself a local mentor who was already in that business and doing a really great job. So I did learn a lot in the process, and she took me to a conference where I met her mentor, who introduced me to the person who owns the NorCal Ria in Sacramento. And when I was too broke to you know, live on my own anymore in Los Angeles at the time, I moved home, which was the Bay Area for me. Not a lot of people get to say I was so broke that I had to move to the Bay Area, but that was my case. <laughs> moved back in with my mom. And one of the first places I went was that real estate club in Sacramento. And he remembered me from the conference and he said, Jen, I know someone who lives in your area. Maybe he'd be looking to hire. And that's when he introduced me to Tom Wilson. Now, Tom Wilson at the time was still in the turnkey rental business, and he was looking for someone with residential real estate experience. With my six months or sorry, one year of door knocking yellow letters, trying to negotiate contracts in people's living rooms, he was like, I don't think she has the experience that I want, but you know, based off of his name was David's recommendation, sounds like she has really great character, we'll give it a shot. And he hired me initially as a temporary admin with a two-month contract. And in my first two weeks on the job, I used to work with virtual assistants. I was like, you know, a lot of this day-to-day -day stuff can be outsourced for like five bucks an hour. And I hired my first virtual assistant two weeks in the job and I quickly got myself promoted. Um, so my next role was in marketing 
And people, that's when we were transitioning into the syndications business. And I'm really glad we did because houses are getting harder and harder to buy now that it's near the top of the market and we're just not seeing the kind of cash flow. During that time, I saw that our director of sales was making fat commission checks by raising money. And so I asked Tom, how do I start raising money? And he said, you're not experienced enough and maybe you can wait a year or two and maybe we'll teach you. And I thought to myself, how do I accelerate that process? Okay, so I'm the only person in my office who speaks Chinese. And I started marketing on the Chinese radio, on Chinese media, and all these Chinese outlets and getting Chinese investors. Chinese people love real estate. And they felt very warm. They've heard of our company. We're, we're pretty known in the area. A lot of Chinese people felt warm towards knowing that there was a Chinese person on board who could speak to them in Chinese. So I had all these custom clients, prospective clients, and I go to Tom and I say, you need to teach me how to sell shares because these clients can only talk to me. And so that's when he taught me A to Z, how to raise money for our syndications. And then I was in the money raising role for probably a year before we hired on someone who had two decades of commercial brokerage experience, who's way more qualified. And uh, I think she does a way better job than me anyway, so I'm glad she's on board. And that's when I got moved over to director of marketing because what I really do is bring people into the business. I'm not a, a technical real estate person and she's way more um, qualified to handle that part of the client process. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. It sounds like you were just very proactive and that's how you got yourself to the space you wanted to be. So that's an amazing story. So congrats on that. Thank you. And I would say it's all about adding value, right? Yep. Where Absolutely. do I have the unique opportunity to add value? Absolutely. So kind of going backwards a little bit on the mentorship programs that you paid all that money for, would you do that again if you had the opportunity or what would you do differently um, versus paying for those mentorships? If I knew about real estate investment associations, RIAs, I would have gone to those and I would have done their weekend seminars that cost a few hundred bucks and they're taught by sometimes traveling people, but also a lot of locals and just gotten really plugged into the locals, the local investment community, found my mentor a lot earlier than paying for somebody to fly out from Phoenix who doesn't know my market. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Awesome. I love that advice. Yeah. So talk about the mindset shift that you need to go through to get to the point where you were, um, you know, basically in debt, moving back with your parents to now being where you're at. Oh my gosh. I remember this very, very vividly. So I made, because I had failed at being an entrepreneur and living on my own and, you know, whatever my big ambitious career goals were. I made it mean that I was a failure. That was a big mistake because I failed does not mean I am a failure. And it wasn't until I did the landmark forum that I distinguished the two from each other. And even I failed is something I made up. It's an interpretation of a series of events. What actually happened is I spent a bunch of money on education. I took a bunch of actions. I met a bunch of people. I didn't make any money back and I moved in with my mom and I paid it all back over a year. That's actually what happened. But I had made it mean that I failed and therefore I am a failure. So until I did the landmark forum and I distinguished the two apart, that's when I could really create again, 
who I was. If I'm not a failure, who can I create myself to be? I can create myself to be an amazing contribution who is going to be successful in real estate. I love that. I went to the Landmark Forum as well. I went there last year, I think on your suggestion. It was fantastic. And, uh, oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's a mindset shift for sure. It's, it's just, it, you explained it perfectly there and I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. So you already talked about the importance of RIA as a meetup. So I'll, I'll skip that piece, but what, what were the steps you took to start your own meetup, which I'm talking about Baycom? Uh, yeah. Baycom. It's very simple. I created a meetup page. I rented a venue. I found a speaker. I found a sponsor. I got some food on the day of, and 150 people showed up. A lot of these things are very simple. People say, how do you do that? I'm like, that's how. <laughs> but the, the biggest part was, again, the mindset shift, because people who make a difference in my industry generally don't look like 23-year-old Asian girls. <laughs> and that was the biggest barrier I had to overcome, is who am I to go and make a difference in this, you know, good old boys club of commercial real estate. How are you able to scale it to where it is now? And how many members do you have right now? I have about a thousand members and I have a regular attendance of somewhere between hundred to 150 people each month. Um, how I scale is, you know, meetup.com brings in pretty much all of my leads and then people who follow Wilson investment properties, my company that I work for. Um, I would say why people come back and a lot of referrals happen. Why a lot of referral happen is because the speakers we get are not your regular RIA speakers. I believe that always trying to upsell loses the trust of the attendance. And so I, when I invite speakers to come, they're people actually doing it all day long. Their main business is the real estate. It's not education. And they're top of the top of the line people like, you know, Doug Duncan, Melita mentioned is the chief economist of Fannie Mae, but we also have people like Beth Clifford and Victor Minaj and a lot of the people who are faculty on the summit at sea. So really, really high caliber people. In fact, Robert Helms, the host of the real estate guys was my speaker this month and he never speaks at other people's groups. So the speakers are another one. And then also the meetings are impeccably run. They always start and end on time. We have a pretty consistent format now. Um, I have opportunities for attendees to take leadership and host breakout sessions during the breaks. And I have various other ways of engaging people. And so I think that because it's very structured and run professionally and people can expect a level of quality, there's always wine, there's always snacks, that, that's why they keep coming back. Do you have any tips for people out there that maybe are listening and they want to start a meetup and on how to reach out to those guest speakers, especially out in the beginning? I know once you're established, it's easier to definitely get guest speakers as we've kind of noted. But when you're just getting started, how do you still get those people interested in speaking at your events? I have a pretty unconventional way, <laughs> which is it's, it's blind confidence, honestly. Like what I'm declaring is I'm creating the TED Talks of commercial real estate investing. And this is what I'm creating. And I want you to speak because I believe that you will impact these people. They're, they're really intelligent engineers mostly, and they have money. They don't know where to put it. Um, I believe in taking money off of Wall Street and introducing people to alternative investments. And that's why I think you, with your unique experience, making it really personal, making really highlighting how they are a contribution. Because again, I'm not talking to people in the education industry. I'm talking to people who are doing the real estate. 
And that's another unique thing that maybe a draw for people is I'm not an education sales platform. You know, I do want people who are doing it and I have an audience that appreciates that. So I, I don't know if that's... <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. I mean, it just sounds like if you don't ask, you'll never know, right? So you might as well go out there and ask people. I mean, we thought the same thing. And even on this podcast, we weren't sure that the people we were asking that they wanted to be our guests. But when we asked, they were more than happy to when we when we told them. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just going out there and being proactive, just like you've kind of done through your, throughout and your whole career. So inspiring, like it's not just any real estate club, like I'm creating the TED Talks of commercial real estate investing, I'm creating something bigger than bigger pockets. I don't know if these are true claims, but it's like when they see that that's what I'm up to, they get excited too. Yeah, absolutely. So how has starting this meetup group kind of changed your career? I've really discovered, and especially on the last summit at sea, which was only a month ago, actually, I really discovered that I have a passion for building communities and bringing to get people together and leaving people with a sense of like, wow, I'm inspired, or wow, I discovered something new, or wow, I met a new strategic uh, business partner or something. And people ask if I love real estate. It's my industry. I'm not a real estate person, but I think I'm more of like a bringing value and connecting people kind of person. Real estate happens to be the product that I work with. That's a really great product to work with. Mm -hmm. On your website, you have a story about how your W-2 job has empowered you to be the woman you are now. And I think a lot of the times you hear about people leaving their W-2 job, becoming an entrepreneur, and kind of then being empowered. Can you talk about how a W-2 job has actually empowered you? Yeah, so when I was in the multi-level sales business, although I was making way less than I am now as a W-2 employee, I had so much pride around being my own boss, and I had to do it myself. And you know, be a business owner and have that title. When in fact, like right now, when I got over that pride at rock bottom, when I moved home, I discovered that aligning myself with a company that has the resources and people who've already been there and done that aligned with what I'm out to do actually helps me make a difference on more people even faster than if I were to do it myself. So I'm actually leveraging the business to do what fulfills me and the business benefits from having me as well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So tell us about some other of your uh, passions and hobbies in life. My other passions and hobbies. So I used to do custom sneakers. I still kind of do some. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Being married, I got married four weeks ago. Um, just spending time with my husband is awesome. He is such a partner in life and really just discovering, like we play cash flow now. I introduced him to that. I introduced him to all the rich dad, poor dad. Love that game. We just hosted uh, two cash flow nights here and he got me cash flow 202 for Christmas, which we still haven't opened yet, but, uh, yeah, we're pretty nerdy. And, um, I currently lead introductions to the landmark forum. So that's some, and yeah, participating in Landmark is uh, where I spend a lot of my time. And recently, learning about beekeeping, because my husband is a fourth generation beekeeper. And something we're planning to do in the near future is to scale his family agricultural business in Bulgaria. So I take Bulgarian lessons every week with a private tutor. 
and um, just learning about their whole culture is really cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. How passionate and proactive you are. It's, it's fantastic. So I, you kind of touched on it there, but what are some of your goals over the next uh, five years for yourself? I've gotten really interested in agriculture lately, which is something I never expected to get interested in growing up in the city. <laughs> and I think that long-term, that's something I'm interested in, something that's socially and environmentally sustainable. Near term, I see us working on his family's bee farm and really scaling it into a business and not actually being the day-to-day beekeepers, but bringing modern ways of thinking of marketing or operating a business and bringing systems and scalability and distribution and online sales and all these things to the local beekeepers because there's a lot of countries that um, have declining bee populations that need honey and pharmaceuticals need honey. And um, if we're able to make it successful in Bulgaria too, exporting out is one way to do it, but what about bringing beekeeping to other parts of the world that have declining bee populations? So I don't know where that's gonna go, but I'm very excited to, we're already starting to develop that business idea. And if anyone has resources or referrals in that area, I would love to know about them. <laughs> Fantastic, awesome, well, good luck with that. So Lolita's going to take us into our final four questions. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Here we go, Jennifer. What is the one tool that you use in real estate investing that you cannot do without? I wouldn't call him a tool, let's say, but my virtual assistant. Honestly, like he's been on board ever since I joined the company. He's been there as long as I have, and he just makes my life amazing. And then one tool I use to train him that I cannot do without is video capture. Uh, screen recording with voiceover because mm-hmm. anything I do once like uploading a contact to the CRM or uploading a property to the website or you know filling out this spreadsheet from DocuSign data anything I do once I just screen capture it and I talk over it and then that's my training manual and I have a whole folder like a whole library and perfect yeah, yeah. you can't mess it up it's on video <laughs> yeah I think uh, Kyle could definitely relate to I'm gonna use EA's that for sure being a tool <laughs> okay great yeah <laughs> Awesome. Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing so far and the main takeaway for our listeners? Yeah. Don't overpay for guru seminars <laughs> <laughs> and put them on what? 20% APR credit cards. Um, and I think the lesson learned from that too is when there is a failure or what you perceive as a failure stay open, meaning don't close off. Because what I did was I was angry. I isolated myself. I didn't ask for help. I was too proud. I didn't tell anyone that I moved home because I was embarrassed that I had to move in with my mom. And then I came out of it determined with a chip on my shoulder. And um, what I would say is stay open, stay grounded, ask for help, and really build emotional resilience and be vulnerable and authentic because when people can contribute to you, that's when you really progress. I love that. Great advice. Uh, You kind of brushed on it earlier many times, but what is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level? Um, Continue to be courageous and confident and adventurous. And right now what I'm doing is I am finding mentors. I'm looking at people in my life who are already where I want to be. Um, 
And specifically for me, women who have children and also set themselves up financially to do really well. So I've been talking to uh, people in my life, asking them if I can buy them lunch and just really finding out how I can do that for myself. Fantastic. And lastly, Jennifer, where can people find out more about you? Yep. So go to jenkatsev.com. That's J-E-N-K-A-T-S-E-V.com. Perfect. So inspiring to hear your story firsthand. Congratulations on all this success in such a short amount of time. It's quite incredible. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast and to get access to today's show notes and to previous shows, visit limitless-estates.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.